0: Just One More with Joanna and Daphne, a fitness and nutrition podcast for normal people who want to be more awesome. If you have trouble deciding between Just One More Cupcake and Just One More Kettlebell Swing, this is the podcast for you. I'm Joanna Shaw-Flam. I'm an actor, a comedian, and a normal person. And Daphne is not here this week because I am recording it at 9 p.m. in my apartment with my husband. Matt Healy. (laughs) <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, before we begin, remember to talk to your doctor or medical practitioner before starting any workout or nutrition plan. Um, Matt, why are you and I recording this episode in our apartment late at night <laughs> instead of me recording with Daphne
1: um, in the daytime? That's a good question. Partially because things like you traveling to Manhattan to, recording, to record a podcast are a little more complicated than they used to be because we have a baby Right. Is that the answer you're looking for? Yeah, yeah. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> we you have know, a baby. The, the if you the haven't listened change. to the last several episodes of the podcast, uh, we have a baby. Yay. <laughs> Who is asleep in the other room right now.
0: Yes. And, uh, we hope she will stay asleep. You can probably hear the baby monitor in the background. Yeah. Uh, also and also the dishwasher. The dishwasher. Um, listen, a lot of things just become sort of, uh, whatever you can make do <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: in the first few, uh, weeks. Of having a baby so you're getting the whole the real scoop right, right now. Um, so uh, this episode Matt and I are gonna have to record in parts because we can't really get a spare hour <laughs> these days um, so if there's a little bit of uh, stopping and starting you'll know why um, but I wanted to record an episode about um, the birth of our daughter and the first few weeks of being parents because there have been a lot of life changes that have to do with things we talk about on the show and also just like having a baby is like a huge thing that happens with your body and in your case your partner's body. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so uh, uh, Matt agreed to be on the show so I wasn't just talking to myself. I'll let him talk too. Thanks. You're welcome. Um, So I thought I would just start with us um, telling our birth story. Oh, I should say, too, um, we've decided, at least for now, um, not to use our baby's name on the podcast. Um, you know, one of the things we've talked about a lot is trying to figure out like where the line is in terms of her privacy in this day and age. Um, I think all parents are dealing with that in terms of social media and stuff like that, um, but particularly because I, have a podcast where I talk about my own life all the time like that is something that I have opted into and you to a certain extent Mm -hmm. have opted into (laughs) but she can't opt in because she's a baby Um, and so uh, that's why we're not using her name we're not trying to be weird about it but yeah she does have a name
1: she does though she didn't for (laughs) a dangerously long time (laughs) (laughs) yeah you have to have the name before you leave the hospital or things That's get really rule, complicated. Or things get really complicated. And uh, we did make it in time. We did.
0: Uh, well, backing up. Um, so uh, what do you remember from the day that I went into labor?
1: Yeah, I might as well tell part of this story because there are probably going to be parts where it wouldn't make sense for me to be the primary narrator. Um, the day you went into labor, I mean, my perspective of that started in the morning, um, I don't know what time I woke up, but it was, it was like well after, uh, your perspective of you being in labor had already started. Um, yeah. And also like this part is a little bit hazy to me because it was (laughs) like, because I had just woken up and it was a lot to take in. And it was um, uh,
0: earlier than we expected
1: it was earlier than we expected right so sh- she was due um june 17th and this was may 31st um so yeah so we woke up i woke up you had already been up um and you said that you thought your water had maybe broken maybe but it's hard to tell for sure yeah and um, Cause this is something we've said many times since, but in the movies, what happens is the woman's water breaks, and it's like a flood, um, and you know it's great cinematic moment. The very obvious what's happening: the woman's water breaks, and then it's like, okay, now it's time to go to the hospital, and that's how you know when it's time to go to the hospital. The woman, her water broke, um, but then in our birthing class, they they were very. Clear to tell us like that 's not how it goes um, your water most likely won 't even break before you get to the hospital and may not that may not happen they might you know break your water for you essentially um, when you get there um, I think they said like that happens for ten percent of women, um, so that was our assumption is like that 's not how it 's going to be it's not like yeah your water breaks, and that 's the sign that it 's time to start the whole train moving um, So we weren't prepared for that. And then also, like, it's not necessarily as obvious as it is uh, in the movies. Right. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so you were like, I think my water broke. Uh, And... uh, (laughs) Yeah. uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think this is what you said that morning, too. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so what had happened before that was I, I woke up at three in the morning, um, two and a half weeks before my due date, and was like, I'm damp.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is why I hesitated to tell the rest of the story. It's like, I don't know how much, you want, how much detail you want me going into that.
0: Yeah, but I, it was not like a giant, uh, you know, I wasn't like soaking wet or anything. Right. So I was like, I don't know what happened. So I like, went to the bathroom, and then I did some Googling, like, uh-huh. how do you know if your water broke? And they're like, it's a clear liquid with basically no smell. And I was like, cool, helpful, oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, but what it, basically, I wasn't having contractions or anything. And so what it, the information said was, like, um, if you're not sure if your water broke or not, lie down for an hour and then get back up. And right. if there's like pooling, then you know your water broke.
1: Because the baby's head is, like, blocking where the water would be coming out, right. essentially. Mm-hmm. And so if you lie down, then the baby, like, floats back <laughs> to where <laughs> they were before. Right. Yeah.
0: Um. So I did that, and I still wasn't sure, so I went back to sleep. But then when I got up around 7, uh, there was enough volume of liquid uh. that I was, like... I'm pretty sure this is my water breaking. But I wasn't having contractions or anything. Right. Um and so I told you that I thought my water had broken, but I wasn't sure. We called and left a message for my doctor. This was a Friday, of course, so like no one was in the office. No one was in the office. And they were moving offices. Our OBGYN was like moving parts of the building. Um and we had uh, Matt was like, Is this gonna affect us? And right. I was like, no, no, no. Uh, you know, by the our next week's appointment, they'll be moved, and, like, it'll be fine, and then we still have a couple weeks before we're due. Mm. Then, of course.
1: Of course.
0: Uh, we go into labor the weekend the office is closed because they're moving.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so then you told your coworkers you weren't coming.
1: Yeah, though I was cagey about it. Right. Which, <laughs> we only, like... Recently, went back over that sequence of events to figure out exactly what was happening when I was telling them because I just said like, Joanna's not feeling well. Uh, we're gonna, like, I think I said we're we're gonna like go to the doctor mm-hmm. and you know, make sure she's okay. Because um, I didn't want to be like, Joanna's going into labor because we didn't know we if didn't that was know. true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah I was very I was very uh secretive about it um, but yeah, then we then what did we do next? well <laughs> the next thing we did was go to target <laughs> yes. I think yeah,
0: I think we ate breakfast, but we then, ate breakfast yes first. we did go to target because there was all this stuff we'd been planning to buy um, that we hadn't gotten yet, yeah, Be- here's a tip don't wait until your 37 and a half weeks to like finish getting stuff for your hospital bag like you should probably have that earlier um but i still wasn't having contractions and neither of us was like going to work or anything so i was like okay i guess we're going to target right so we went to target i like (laughs) tried on a pair of pants because one of the things i'd been hoping to get for the hospital was like loose going home pants because all of my maternity pants were leggings And I was like, I might not want to be wearing something tight when we're coming home after the baby's born. But then as soon as I had a pair of pants on in the dressing room, I was like, you can't try on pants
1: when your water is broken broken
0: and then not buy them. So luckily they worked.
1: So fear not other Target shoppers. Yes,
0: Uh, I did not uh, try on any pants that you purchased prior to you purchasing them. Um, so we came back, um, around noonish, we heard back from my doctor, Mm -hmm. we told her what was going on and she was like, well, you need to go to the hospital because if your water did break, now it's like getting close to 12 hours and they don't want you to go more than 12 hours between when your water breaks and when you're in the hospital, because when your water breaks, your chance of infection goes up. Um, so she was like, come in, you need to come to the hospital they'll check and see if your water broke if it did. And you're still not having contractions will induce you. So I was like, okay, at least now we know what to do. But I was also like, at this point I was pissed. Right. Um, (laughs) for a variety of reasons. I was mad that I wasn't sure I was in labor. Um, I was mad because it was May and I had it in my mind that we were having a June baby. Right. Um, I was mad that we might get to the hospital and get turned away. Yeah. Because our hospital was, like, far. Yeah. From our apartment. Yeah. Um, and I was also mad because the night before we'd had our last prenatal meeting with our doula, and Matt, very wisely, had been like, oh, like, do you have any other peop- like, clients who are due around the same time? And she said, yes, but don't worry. It's a planned C-section tomorrow morning, so then we're good to go. Mm-hmm. So then, of course that was probably part of my denial about being in labor. was that I like really, really didn't want it to be happening when When our doula couldn't be there.
1: Yeah.
0: So I'm mad. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, maybe we should just take the train so that we won't have wasted money on a lift (laughs) if, uh, they turn us away. And Matt was like, let's talk when we leave. Um, (laughs) which was, um, very, uh, diplomatic of you. Um, and also I knew that if they did admit me to the hospital they wouldn't let me eat once I was admitted. So I was like, let's eat lunch. Right. And then go. So Matt made lunch and I was starting to feel weird. So I like lay down on the futon in our living room. And by the time you brought me a sandwich, yeah. I was like definitely feeling <laughs> weird. Yeah. And I was like, maybe these are, maybe this is the start of contractions, but I didn't say anything to you, I don't think.
1: Yeah. Right. And somehow just generally in my mind at this point, we're still like, I was like, I was not in the mindset of like, we're going to the hospital to have a baby right now. I mean, I think we were jokingly like, I guess maybe we're going to the hospital to have a baby. Right. Um, But just because we, because things had happened not in the way that we expected them at all like it's not what we had prepared for it was not what they talked about
0: in the birth class not what they
1: talk about in the birth class and so yeah mentally i'm still like i guess this is it maybe but probably not or possibly not like maybe we'll just get there and they'll say like nope this wasn't it right go back home yeah Um, and yeah our the hospital is like even driving it's like at best 45 minutes away
0: And we did not get it at best we did
1: not get it at best for what it's worth it would have been faster to take the train (laughs) Um. but i was glad
0: we didn't because uh as we were like in the lobby waiting for the lift i was like i'm pretty sure these are contractions good thing we're like
1: this is your internal yes
0: right matt wants to be very clear that i gave him none of this information uh So we get in the lift, which of course has like beautiful cream leather seats. Um, But I, at our birth class, they had given us these like absorbent pads, which Hmm. was very nice because I put one underneath myself in the lift, which I didn't end up needing, but it made me feel better.
1: I did wonder whether the driver noticed you doing that.
0: Right. (laughs) Uh, But water had already broken, so it was fine. It was fine. Um, The lift ride was how long?
1: Uh, one hour and 11 minutes.
0: One hour and 11 minutes yeah. driving into Manhattan Friday on a beautiful Friday <laughs> afternoon in the summer.
1: Yeah. Yeah, It was a beautiful day. It
0: was. Traffic was a little intense. Um, and while we are in the lift, I d- we didn't say anything to the driver, even though it was like a very pregnant lady getting into the car <laughs> with like a suitcase and a car
1: seat and right. no baby. Pretty obvious what's going on. Right.
0: But I didn't want him to like speed. Right. Or like... I don't know, be mad. Like, I don't know. I just, we didn't say anything um, to him.
1: But like every time we made a noise, he would like look up in the rearview mirror and (laughs) make sure we were okay back there. I think he pretty much knew what was going on.
0: Yeah. So as we're sitting in the lift, I'm like, okay, these are definitely contractions. I guess I should start timing them. Again, internal monologue. (laughs) So I'm looking out the window and like doing some deep breathing and I start writing down my contractions and they are three minutes apart. Mm -hmm. And you're supposed to leave for the hospital when they're like five minutes apart.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The the version of this whole process that (laughs) had been described to us in the birth class is like you start having contractions and when you start having contractions, they're like far apart, like Mm -hmm. irregular and maybe even an hour apart. And, you know, you're not sure whether they are, are actual contractions or maybe they're just
0: Braxton Braxton Hicks Hicks
1: or maybe you know and then they start to become a little more regular but they're still like 45 minutes apart and in between you're you know doing things to like help the baby come down you're you're doing like different kind of like yoga type moves and exercises and stuff.
0: You're
1: you're We're like walking ni- around the block. Right.
0: You're having a nice time at home. This is what
1: was pictured in the nineteen uh, eighties <laughs> documentary uh informational video that we watched. Right. Uh, it was all of this stuff. And we practiced all of these like moves to do to help right. you be comfortable during labor and right, help
0: supportive the, partner stuff.
1: Yeah. And none of that <laughs> not and not a single bit of that. Was relevant.
0: By the time we got out of the lift at the hospital, I was like very much in labor, but I still had not said anything to Matt. I assumed he had picked up on it based on my <laughs> intense, like staring out the window and breathing. Um, and like meaningful looks, I was giving him in the <laughs> elevator on the way up to the labor and delivery. This
1: we, is a great lesson about marital communication. Yes. Sometimes meaningful looks don't quite <laughs> don't translate.
0: So we got up to tri- uh, triage for labor and delivery, and the woman at the desk looks up at me and goes, "Why are you here today?" I said, "I believe I'm having a baby." <laughs> right. It is called
1: labor and delivery. Right.
0: right. And in my mind, I'm like, what do you think I'm doing here? I'm a giant pregnant lady and I'm (laughs) totally in labor. Um, But what I learned in this process is that I do not um, communicate uh, pain and distress effectively Mm. through my face or words. Uh, So she did not think I was in labor either. Um, So I went into the triage room without Matt uh, because partners stay in the lobby until you get admitted. Um, so I go in and then what happened from your perspective
1: yeah so then from my perspective so again still in my internal story my headcanon at this point is that like probably you're going to go into labor but it hasn't happened yet and we don't really know what's going on and there's a very good chance that they're just going to send us home um, so that's where, that's where I think we're at so then we check in and you go back to like you know get examined or whatever and so then I'm just hanging out in the waiting room um, yeah prepared to like for you to come back out and then for us to pack up getting in another cab and go back home um, and I'm in there for like half an hour maybe more and then finally a nurse comes out and says you can go back there now I'm like okay so I go back past the desk and into a small, like, triage room, um, where you're on a table, and you're talking to the nurse who's in there, and she's like, you're hooked up to a monitor, um, and you're, you're not in great shape at that point, like, it's very (laughs) obvious that you're, like, not feeling well, um, but I still am not super sure what's going on. Like, I think at that point, I was like, okay, she's having contractions, like, This is really happening, Um, because like yeah, like as soon as I was get got in there, like you went into a contraction. It was like, oh okay, like this is for real. Uh, But then you were talking to the nurse um, about what was going on, and I think it was a continuation of a conversation that I missed the beginning of. But somewhere in there, she said like three minutes, and I was like, well, sorry, what's three minutes? And it was how far apart your contractions were. It might have even been two minutes at that point. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, but what about all of the what about what about all the exercises <laughs> and the and the stuff we were gonna do at home? Right. What happened to all that? Gone. Um, it was gone. <laughs> we did not do it. We did not.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, by the time I uh, was in triage Uh, and they had like examined me enough to say what was going on. They were like, okay, you're six centimeters dilated. You only go to 10. (laughs) Right.
1: So you're well on your way. We are
0: definitely admitting you. And I was like, okay.
1: Cool. Oh, I should also mention that as we were in the, the car on the way up there, I was texting the doula being like, you know, we're going to the hospital just as a heads up. You know, she had said like, keep me posted. So, you know, once you are going into labor, I'll come over to your apartment, and we can work through the, you know, early labor labor together. And so I texted her, I was like, it turns out we're going to go to the hospital, her water may have broken, we're, we're just going to find out, I'll keep you posted. Um, and she was like, cool, I'm at the, you know, with the other client that I mentioned, um, period. <laughs> but let me know what's going on. And so... Right. So then in my head at that point, I'm like, she can't come because she's with this other client. And then we get into the triage room and your <laughs> contractions are two minutes apart. <laughs> I'm like, oh no. <laughs> so I texted her and I was like, things have escalated quickly. <laughs> um, just FYI. And I didn't, I kind of, I kind of like didn't want to be like, uh, can you like leave your other client and come over here instead? Because <laughs> right, the answer is no. <laughs> right. Um, and I also... I think I didn't want to ask, like, when can you get out of there? Yeah. Um, Because I wanted to... I don't know. I wanted to be, like, prepared for the possibility that she couldn't come. Yeah. And for us to just be okay with that and, like, Mm -hmm. we're going to move forward and it's going to be fine. Um, Yeah. And so... (laughs) just like, this is what's going on. Here we go. Um, And then... I think during that process, she texted back and was like, okay... Uh, I'm going to come up there. She was like, I'm getting on the train, but I'll just turn around and get on the other train. Um, but even still, like it was a while before I asked, like, are you going to, are you going to like come here and stay here and be there for the birth of our child? Right. <laughs> um, she was like, oh yeah, like the other thing was a plan C-section. It's done. <laughs> like I'm coming up there. Uh, it was like, oh, thank God. Yes, that was a huge <laughs> relief a huge to huge me. Relief.
0: Um and the next part I will go through swiftly because, uh, you know, e- even though it took a long time. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to do it in real time. Right. <laughs> That'd be um, So they admitted me, we went to the labor and delivery. By the time I got in there, basically our doula was there. Yeah, she um, got
1: there, like, right as we were moving into the labor and do- delivery Which was room. great. Yeah.
0: Um, and when I was moving in there, the nurse was like, you know, if you want an epidural, this is probably the time because it's moving so fast, like... And I was like, in my head, I was like, well, if it's moving so fast, maybe I don't need one. Right. Um, And I was hoping to avoid one for as long as I could in order to be able to, like, get up and move around and be in different positions. And, um, you know, hopefully only have intermittent monitoring instead of having to be hooked up all the time. So I labored unmedicated for several hours. And it was really hard. And there were, like, no breaks in between my contractions. It was really intense Um, and Matt was very supportive my doula was very (laughs) supportive it was really hard Uh, and then the doctor came in um, and it was clear that she didn't even was not convinced I was in active labor right (laughs) but I for sure was Um, and they don't want to check you a bunch of times because every time they check it's an opportunity for infection but I was like once I realized she was like we could check now Or I can check in a couple hours. And I was like, we're checking now. Yeah. And she checked and she was like, oh, you're almost all the way dilated. Maybe in a couple hours, like, we could start pushing. And once I heard a couple hours, I was like, I can't do two more hours of this. Because
1: you were, like, you were having a contraction. And then you would have, like, 30 seconds at most to recover. Yeah. from, From this, like, incredibly intense physical experience. Yeah. And it was just not, like, you were, it was like you were, like, in the midst of, like, running the... 100 meter dash as far, fast as you could and then yeah. she came in and was like okay only three miles to go <laughs> I
0: like no, I can't do three more miles <laughs> yeah. um, so I was like can I still have an epidural <laughs> so and they said yes uh, so I got one it was amazing I immediately felt like I like came back to myself like my brain just yeah. came back in my head um, so that was great but maybe related maybe not then things really slowed down Um So we were there overnight, um, you know, sort of waiting for things to progress. They weren't progressing. I, like, pushed for a while, um, and the baby wasn't progressing, so then they uh, put me on Pitocin to... um, oh, and my contractions had slowed down, and you, like, can't push effectively if you ha- aren't having enough contractions right. because you have to push with the contraction.
1: Yeah, that um, was a thing that I didn't fully understand before this process. Yeah, me It was like, yeah, when you're pushing, it's, like, with the contraction. So if your contractions are too far apart, then...
0: You can't get anything you done. You can't
1: get anything done. Yeah.
0: Um, so they put me on Pitocin to uh, increase the contractions, and then I pushed a bunch more, and the baby just wasn't progressing, and it had been, like, 19 hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... Uh, the doctor came in and said, look, like, we've tried all this other stuff. Um, I would recommend that you have a C-section. Um, and so I did. Um, yeah. Like, basically, once we made the decision, I was like, can I have more epidural, please? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because there's, like, a button you can press to, like, sort of re-up the epidural but they had told like when we were trying to increase the contractions they had said like don't do it because when you're pushing like you want to be able to feel yeah but then as soon as I knew (laughs) that I was gonna have a c-section I was like can I please have the no Mm painy meds again and they were like yeah go for it um and then within like my sense of time was screwed up but you said like within half an hour I was in the room right
1: yeah um that's something that I know we've made this, like, kind of a long story. I don't want to draw it out too much more, mm-hmm. but something that really struck me and that I would... I don't know how to, like, counsel people to to be prepared for this, but the big decisions that you had to make, that we had to make, but, you know, some of them are more decisions for you to make, like getting the epidural mm-hmm. um, and then getting Pitocin and then getting the c-section um you know those are all decisions that ultimately it does come down to you saying like yes i'm okay with this the c-section you know at some point the doctor probably would have been like i don't care what you want (laughs) to do you're getting a c-section because it's you know the only safe option
0: also the baby's heart rate was going down with my contractions that was an added reason that they wanted to sort of finish things up
1: right but because you know i think as anybody would when we were picturing what this experience was gonna be like we knew about those those things that could happen like that, that, that we may have to make those decisions but what you're picturing is like the, the least complicated version you know you're gonna it's gonna be hard but like you're gonna have like the standard birth where you don't have to make those choices um, so then when those choices do come up it's like oh like I have to make this very difficult and important choice. And I don't have time to think about it. Mm-hmm. Like you really have to make that decision in the moment. Mm-hmm. Like you, you need to decide, are you going to have the epidural? Cause if you don't decide, like your contractions get too close together and they can't give you the epidural anymore. Um, you know, you need to decide like it's time for Pitocin. And then when it was time for the C-section, that's like a huge one. Like yeah. you're going into major surgery um, and while it's, you know, something that happens many times a day uh, at that hospital, I'm sure, like, it's scary. Yeah. It's scary. And there's, there are risks, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but there's just no time. It's like, we got to do this now. Um, and so, like, I try, It was trying so hard to, like, like, center myself and, like, think, like, have enough presence of mind uh to be present for that decision. Yeah. Um, but like, it was, it was hard. <laughs>
0: and that's something that our doula prepared us for and also said, like, one of the things she considered her job in labor and delivery was to like help us slow down in those moments and like ask the questions we needed to ask in order to feel like we weren't being rushed in those yeah. moments.
1: Um, and she did do a great job of yeah, that. Yeah, she really did. Like, asking us, like, is there anything you don't understand about this? Do you need more time? Like, how can you you know, feel like you've made this decision uh, of sound mind and you know, <laughs> willingly? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, went into surgery, Matt put on his scrubs. Yeah. Matt's very tall and so the scrubs did not fit yeah. so great.
1: I had to use the special doctor scrubs because <laughs> <laughs> normal patient ones didn't fit.
0: And we went in and uh, our daughter was born. Yeah. He lifted her up like Simba.
1: Yeah. They have, like, a, a curtain there, you know. I mean, you were awake. Right. Through the whole process, which is kind of crazy to think about. Though also, like, you know, heavily medicated. Right. Um, so then there's a curtain between you and the baby. Um, but then when the baby's born at this hospital, they had, like, a little window they opened up in the curtain, and they held her up, yeah, like Simba, through <laughs> the window. Um, And man, that was, that was, I mean, obviously it's an incredible moment, but it was like such a, such a emotional and like physical relief for us. It's like we made it, um, and she's okay. And like, that was, yeah, that was like nothing I've ever felt before, which is an obvious cliche thing to say about the birth of your child, but like, man... Yeah, it yeah. Was, there was, it was there was so much leading up to it. And then, you know, once it was done, it's just like, there's, that's our, there's our daughter. She's, yeah. the, she's here. And <laughs> like, none of the rest of the stuff really matters because mm-hmm. here she is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, they then had to spend like another half hour sewing my abdomen back up. Yeah, sure. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. All right, I think we have to take a break. Big so break. we'll come back. Tomorrow, probably, and do more of this episode. Uh, Stay tuned. See you then. All right, we are back again for the second night of recording (laughs) in our next pocket of time when we can both be sitting relatively quietly by a microphone. It happens once
1: every 24 hours. It's pretty good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, You'll hear our baby monitor whirring away in the background. Yeah,
1: Hopefully you'll just hear the whirring and no... Crying. Squawking. Yes.
0: Um, But we thought we'd come back and for the... To close out the episode to talk about, like, what we would tell other people about labor and delivery based on what happened to us. Yeah. Um, The first thing that I thought of is just to say, like, almost no one has the experience... The way they describe it in your birthing class right like everyone's labor is really different and you can't know until you're having yours what yours is going to be like and like there's a specific sort of like speed and uh progression that they describe in birthing class mm. and like who knows what you're going to experience so right. just be prepared for it not to look exactly like they describe it to you (laughs) in class because it can be pretty different yeah do you have other thoughts on things you would tell people
1: yeah i think uh get a doula Mm. um i mean obviously like with all pregnancy and birth related things it's like oh whatever is whatever you feel is best for you is is the best answer Mm -hmm. like that's true and i think a big factor with a doula is. Can you afford it? Right. Um, not that our doula was super expensive. No. But you know, it's an added cost at a time when there are a lot of costs,
0: mm-hmm. and insurance doesn't cover it. <laughs> and insurance
1: it. doesn't cover it. Um, but I think the thing we were talking about in last night's segment, <laughs> um, where like we were faced with some really hard decisions that came fast and that we, you know at least I wasn't fully prepared for, or I realized in the moment that I wasn't fully prepared for them. And, you know, Ardula didn't, she had a light touch, you know, she wasn't like, she wasn't, you know, like in there coaching us through every moment. Um, but she did pause at those times to say like, take a minute here. Do you understand what's happening Do you need more time to decide? Mm -hmm. Do you want to ask for more time? Do you want to ask any questions? Um, And that I think is really valuable. And I think it would be a hard thing to find. It would be a hard thing to do on your own, even if you think you're prepared for it. And a hard thing to, you know, many people have family members in the delivery room with them. But, you know, having a neutral third party, I think, is is valuable mm-hmm. um, and it was just you know that was valuable for other reasons too it just it helped us kind of remember like what who we were and what our personalities were in this like <laughs> really intense time mm-hmm. um, yeah and kept us a little grounded I think
0: yeah there was someone in the room who had seen this before other than the doctors and staff yeah and that was really helpful yeah. and I think also like she she was obviously there to support me, but she was really a big support for you, too. Yeah, totally. Um, which made you a better support for me.
1: Yeah. And she was supportive in the intense moments, but also in the... Like, there was a long... We we kind of had to speed through this a little bit in the first segment because we went on for a really long time. But there was a long period in the delivery process in during your labor that was like... I mean it was it's it's like tedious, like it's mm-hmm. not boring, like there's you know you're still having contractions, but it just it went for a long time, mm-hmm. you know we were up all night, we yeah. like watched the sunset and then the sunrise again, and um, I think having somebody else there for that part you know there were not that like you know, it's, it's a moment that we're sharing as a couple. Mm -hmm. Um, you might not have been like (laughs) fully in the frame of mind to like share a, a meaningful moment as a couple (laughs) because you were having contractions every however many minutes. Um, but yeah, having her there, I think was, was really helpful at that time too, Mm -hmm. to like just kind of keep the mood light. Um, Mm -hmm. she like Stopped at one point and was like, let's just reset, like, let's open the blinds, put some music on, like, change the mood in here just to like, you know, mm-hmm. take a fresh, have a fresh look at things. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, having having somebody there to do that was nice.
0: Yeah. I'll put some links in the episode um, for how we found our doula. Yeah. Um, And because there are resources for finding doulas that are more affordable or do sliding scale and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, yeah, I also would recommend having a doula, especially if it's your first kid. And especially if you're not going to have, you know, older family Mm -hmm. in the delivery room with you. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Another thing that I would say is um, about having a C-section Um, so my C-section was not emergency, but it was unplanned. And, um, I was really afraid ahead of time of having a C-section.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I was afraid of having major surgery. I was afraid of, um, caring for a newborn after having major surgery. Um, I was afraid of feeling like I had failed at childbirth if I had a C-section. Um, and it just ended up not being a big deal Mm -hmm. for me. Um, Like, you know, not to make light of major surgery, which it definitely was, but like, it totally felt like our child being born. Yeah. Like, I didn't feel like I had failed at all. I felt so grateful to have a way to safely deliver our child, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Um, you know, in another time who knows what would have happened. And because we were in our time with the ability to have a safe C-section, it was just like totally routine, which was great. Um, I was only on painkillers for like 24 hours. And after that, I was just on ibuprofen and Tylenol. Um, We were in the hospital for an extra night, but I was able to like, you know, do, I was, like, up and walking around slowly by the next day, and, um, you know, I feel like, I felt like I healed really fast, it, it just, I didn't have any trouble nursing because of it, like, so I would just say, like, don't be afraid of a C-section if that turns out to be the best decision for you, um, because it it can be just not a very big deal um and uh I think sometimes people push so hard to not have a c-section that they end up doing things that they later wish they had not done (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm.
0: or like you know um just putting themselves through things they don't really need to put themselves through um yeah
1: yeah and you know Many people have a harder recovery Mm -hmm. and stuff, but yeah, the fact remains that like, it definitely still felt like uh, our baby being born, you know, Mm -hmm. like it was, it was still the, the, like that experience that we wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And yeah, it was a way for for her to be born safely and for it to be safe for you. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And lots of people have C-sections. Yeah. So you are in good company if that ends up being what happens for you. Um, and like, you know, the re- I don't think we said this, but like the reason ended up being that she was just had her head tilted. Yeah. Like, she wasn't breached, she wasn't facing the wrong direction, like, nothing we could have done anything about or, mm. like, predicted. She just had her head tilted a little bit, so, like, the widest part of her head was trying to go through the birth canal and it just didn't work. hmm Um, oh well. Yeah. So it goes. What other tips would I give? I had gotten the tip to get, um, like the brand name that everyone knows is Depends, but basically like um, disposable adult diaper type things. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd been told to get those ahead of time, I think with the idea of like wearing them when you come home from the hospital, but I was really grateful to have them when my water broke.
1: Yeah, right.
0: (laughs) Cause I just, you know, it's just a weird feeling to feel like you're like leaking everywhere. Yeah, And it was nice to just feel like contained. Um, so I would get some of those before you, uh, like, before you go to the hospital mm-hmm. so that they're ready whenever you need them.
1: Yeah. Mm. There are probably all kinds of tips. Like, we we had lots of things like that that we just didn't use, <laughs> you know, that probably mm-hmm. a lot of people would use. Mm-hmm. You know, we brought, like, we brought the uh, yoga ball to the mm-hmm. hospital for you know, as one of the many things to, like, help during labor. And we, like, tried to use it, but yeah. it didn't the really time work. we used it, I <laughs> was like, this, this, is, this is not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, one of my memories from labor and delivery is you and our doula, like, trying to deflate the yoga ball afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else did we bring? Oh, um, someone told us to bring a power strip to plug things in and we actually found that in our hospital room like the only outlet was by the sink so we didn't really want like electronics sitting over there yeah but we both had external batteries and we i was so glad we i had those i basically charged my cell phone from that mm-hmm. the whole time yeah. and i could just do it from my hospital bed
1: yeah um it's a good practical tip
2: mm-hmm
0: mm
1: Something I was worried about going into it was what the situation would be like in the recovery room, partially because we were in it, or not the recovery room, the room like in the maternity ward. Mm-hmm. Partially because we knew we were going to be in a shared room, um, which I think is, I don't know if that's how common that is in hospitals throughout the country. In I New York it yeah. is common.
0: I think it's like the the normal experience in New York and everywhere else. It sounds insane. <laughs> yeah,
1: so <laughs> to all you people elsewhere, uh, enjoy your private room in the maternity ward. Um, it you know we we ended up being fine, partially because for the first couple nights we were there we didn't by by luck didn't end up having a roommate, um, and then when they did move in, or when when we got a roommate in the, in the last two nights we were there last two nights or just the last, last one, one night. night. Yeah. Um, you know, they were totally fine and respectful and we, you know, kept each other's, uh, space and privacy and it was totally fine. Um, but I was also worried about like, this is another thing that may be different in hospitals elsewhere, but this hospital, uh, the partners are allowed to stay in the room um, but there's not like accommodations for the for the partner. Um,
0: yes, my six foot eight husband slept in a chair, and not like a nice chair. No, just like, like an a, office, a chair. lobby lobby
1: chair. <laughs> yeah, basically, like, yeah, like the doctor's waiting room for chair. three nights. Yeah, I was worried about that. It ended up being fine because you know you're just so tired that like you're gonna sleep in <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, whatever is available. Mm-hmm. So totally. Yeah
0: we didn't let anyone come visit us except for our siblings, mm-hmm. uh, which we decided ahead of time that, like, we would invite them to come but nobody else. And I can't imagine trying to have other people yeah, come visit us. Like, there was just so much care being done to me and to the baby. Yeah. And, um, you know, I didn't shower for, like, a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> and, like...
1: I can see how for some people... It is like a family experience.
0: Yeah, if we or... had more local family, it would yeah. have been different.
1: Yeah, maybe.
0: But um, there is plenty of time for people to come visit you when you're not at the hospital. Yeah. Don't feel like you have to let everybody come visit you in the hospital yeah. if you don't want to. There's a lot going on.
1: And, and there were a lot of things that... There were moments that were hard. Mm-hmm. Um, that we could not have predicted that I think would have been even harder had we had people there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like in the last, the last day we were in the hospital, uh, our baby had to, she was jaundiced. Um, I don't want to spoil if there's going to be any future, <laughs> jaundice uh, episode? future jaundice episode. Um. But so they had to take her into the nursery and put her under a UV light um, and feed her formula and do a few different things to like help her flush clear the jaundice before we went home, um, which meant we were separated from her for like the last night that we were there. Um, and that was really hard. That was like a really hard moment, yeah, um, partially because we were just physically and emotionally exhausted, partially because you know they had to put her under this uv light and she's screaming and it's this like kind of scary image of her with these like
0: little goggles little on. goggles
1: yeah I mean, they basically put a blindfold over her eyes and then put her under this purple light and she's screaming and waving her arms around and
0: she was so skinny and she was
1: so skinny and small it was a, just a sad time like yeah. we, she was fine. Like we, you know, everything turned out yeah,
0: fine. it was for her health, but yeah. it was hard.
1: It was a hard moment. Um, and, and actually in, in fact, like shortly after that moment is when, uh, my brother and his family came. Um, but I think that like being in the nursery, dealing with that is something that I'm kind of glad we could do on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, I think having the dynamics of other people there with us would have been really tough, and mm-hmm. made that made that moment even harder. Totally. And you know, because we were, it's still there was another thing where it's like, are we making the right decision by doing this? Like, ultimately, it's the doctor's doctor's recommendation, but they still sort of put the question to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we, we we just have to get used to making those decisions for ourselves because, you know, since then we've had to make a thousand of those decisions Mm -hmm. for ourselves.
0: Yeah, totally. And being there without, specifically without our parents, um, I think helped me click in faster to, I am this child's parent. Right. I am ultimately respon. you know, we are ultimately responsible for her. Um, the buck stops with us. Yeah. Whereas like, I think if our parents had been around right away, it would have been sort of natural to defer to them because like, yeah, there are parents and they've had kids. And like, I look to my parents for advice yeah, often. Um, and so it was, I was glad to not have that crutch right away because I wanted to start establishing myself as, you know, the parent.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's one other thing. Um, at our hospital, it is. And I think this is fairly common these days, but I don't know how common. Um, but at our hospital, it is their practice to have the baby be in your room mm-hmm. at night. Um, yeah, they call it they, rooming in. Yeah, um, which I think has is relatively new in the grand scheme of things, um, and I think is not true at all hospitals still. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's controversial, too. I think there are many... I have I've read accounts from mothers who felt like that was pushed on them, and they didn't want it. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, you're recovering. Uh, and you're exhausted. And, you know, it's there's nothing wrong with sleep. sending your baby to the nursery mm-hmm. so that you can sleep for a couple hours. Um, but... I would also say there is a lot of value in having the baby in your room and getting like one or two nights of kind of practice, practice parenting where mm-hmm. like, yeah, the buck stops with us. We're responsible for her care, but also like there's a safety net.
0: Right. There's a bunch of nurses. There's a bunch right of nurses 10 feet
1: out of 10 feet outside the door in case, you know, you need them.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, because that first night when you come home, there aren't those nurses. So mm-hmm. having had like, the experience of the baby crying in the middle of the night and us waking up to comfort her or feed her or whatever, mm-hmm. in a like little bit of a safer environment, mm-hmm. was probably good.
0: Yeah. Um, if there, I'm gonna, I'm sure I'm gonna do another episode that's specifically about the feeding. Um, yeah. Uh, but if there are um, lactation, if you plan to breastfeed and there are lactation consultants or breastfeeding classes at the hospital um, take advantage. Um, we had to be pretty aggressive about making sure that we got seen by the lactation consultant, but because we were aggressive and did get seen by those people, I feel like we got a much better start than we would have otherwise. Yeah. Um, and things like, you know, uh, I, was able to use a pump at the hospital mm-hmm. and like had a lactation consultant show me how to use it. So then, when I got home, I had like already used a pump and like right. knew what size flanges I need. And um, yeah, it, it was very valuable. Um, still wasn't easy, but yeah, valuable. yeah um, I'm sure there's a million things to say, but um but I feel like that's a good. Yeah. Roundup of our basic wisdom.
1: Yeah, of like practical tips and Mm -hmm. also more metaphysical, have the right attitude tips. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, uh, Matt, thanks for being the uh, uh, sounding board for this episode about the birth of our daughter. Sure. Uh, And... um, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk more. Yeah. as things progress, <laughs> everyone's doing good. I feel like I I should always say that we're yeah. all baby's good. We're good. We're tired, but
1: we're tired. We're but good. we're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: awesome. Uh, well, thanks, Matt.
1: Sure. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne. Our show is hosted by Daphne Yang and me, Joanna Shawflam were produced and edited by me. Our theme music is by Hannah vs. The Many, who you can hear at hannahvsthemany.com. We'll be back next week. You can make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to Just One More on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. For show notes, help subscribing, and to join us on Patreon, you can go to our website, justonemorepodcast.com. Let us know what you think. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at just one more pod on Facebook at facebook.com slash just one more podcast, or you can email us at info at just Thanks again. And we'll see you next week.